Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's Message of the Week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. Well, good morning, everybody. As uh, Pete has just said, sadly, we're coming into land this morning. Um, starting our descent as we come out of this uh, mini-series that we've been on. And uh, it's been, I think, really excellent. I've been quite challenged by it myself, and I'm thrilled to be able now to share uh, in, in the delivery of this, um, this, this part of this series. Uh, and today, as we come to the, the last really sentence in the scripture that we've been reading from Matthew 28, it's another transition. I don't know if you've noticed as we've gone through this series, we've gone through a number of transitions. The first was we started with who is it who's commissioning us? And and we looked at the fact that it was Jesus who is commissioning us. He is the one with all authority. And and then we went on to see, well, where where is this mission going to be? And we saw that actually we're to go into all the world, to every nation, in fact, to every tribe and every tongue. And then we transitioned again into, well, what what is the mission? And we saw, didn't we, that actually the mission is about the good news of Jesus Christ. It is the gospel. It is to make disciples and to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And this morning we are going to look at how. How are we to accomplish this mission and in what time scale or, or when are we to do that? So if you like, this whole series has been a who, what, where, how and when. So we've got three readings this morning. We're going to read the one that we've been very familiar with. So if you've got your Bible or your implement, your device, uh, if you get to Matthew 28, we're going to start at verse 16. But you might also want to just put your finger or your marker in Luke chapter 24 and also into Acts 1. So we're going to be reading from the New International Version uh, and let's get underway. So verse 16, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And then turn to Luke chapter 24 we're going to read uh, from verse 46 Uh, just to say these three passages are all uh, written into the same uh, situation same moment in time as the Matthew 28 that we've been reading so verse 46 he told them that is Jesus this is what is written the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city 
until you've been clothed with power from on high. And then over to Acts uh, chapter one, and I'll read three verses, verses four, five, and then verse eight. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then the disciples got distracted and they asked this question and then Jesus pulls them back uh, to the point that he was making. Verse eight. But you will be uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Wanted to. Thanks, Sam. I wanted to uh, ask a question to start with this one. I wonder how you have felt as we've gone through uh, this series. Perhaps you're one of those people that have been excited and been saying, come on, let's go. And uh, it's about time we got on as a church into the mission of Jesus Christ. Perhaps you felt a little bit nervous, perhaps even a bit fearful, perhaps anxious, perhaps You've been feeling inadequate in the scale of this mission. Perhaps, like me, you've been thinking, well, where do I begin? Perhaps a sense of being overwhelmed when we consider the issues and the situation in our nation and perhaps the state of people's hearts. Perhaps you've been saying, yay, go, Adam. Yeah, go on, Pete, go for it. We're cheering you on. We've paid our tithes so that you can do it. Perhaps that's how you've been feeling. You see, the reality is, for the disciples, as it is for us, this mission is vast. And I would say it is difficult. Perhaps you may even feel that it is impossible. But, you know, we must not be looking for a Tom Cruise to emerge or some other superhero, superman or superwoman. For, you know, God in his perfect wisdom has chosen the foolish. They're not very powerful. He's chosen the weak. They're not very wise. And those who are typically not noble. In fact, he's chosen people just like you, just like me, just like the disciples. He's the one we heard who calls our name, he calls the children, he, he calls the teenagers, the young marrieds, the singles, the middle-aged, and some of us older folks, and perhaps even older, older folks. But he, he calls us, he calls us to be those that accomplish this mission. And in what we've read this morning, we see the how. How is this to happen? And there are two things that Jesus has said that are how this happens. The first is this. Jesus says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. I am with you always. It really struck me. I am with you always. 
And then he said, you are, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And as a result of that, you will receive or be clothed with power to be my witnesses. You know, in 2018, in March 2018, I went skiing for the first time as a young 58 year old. And uh, I had been uh, training for six months at a local dry ski slope. I had got my skiing proficiency certificate so I could ski uh, at the center without having an instructor or being part of a group, I could free ski. And then about two weeks before um, I went skiing, a very dear friend of mine who's been skiing for 50 years uh, came to me and very sternly said, Mark, you must have a ski lesson. It's the first thing you must do when you get to the resort is have a ski lesson. And I protested, to be honest, um, but I have got my proficiency certificate. And he said, I've gone almost every year for 50 years and I always have a ski lesson. And I'm telling you, do not go onto the mountain until you've had a ski lesson. So I very reluctantly paid my 250 pounds. The first day met up with the ski instructor, a, street, a ski instructor who was a very mature man. We got on the ski lift and we went up the mountain. When we got off the ski lift, we were in an absolute blizzard. And the man said to me, he said, I want you to follow me. I want you to be looking at me and I want you to hear what I am going to say. And then he started to ski backwards down the mountain and I followed and I listened and our skis were barely a meter apart as, as we went down the mountain. And I have to say, Franz Klammer, eat your heart out. It was outstandingly excellent. I was absolutely flying and it was brilliant. Anyway, the next day, got up early, me and two of my boys, we went to the top of the same mountain and I got on my skis, got into the ready position to go and suddenly fear filled my heart. Suddenly I, I wasn't sure of the lines and it was no longer Franz Klammer, it was more Eddie the Eagle. And in fact, on the, one of the days when I, went down a, a, a ski slope. I was Eddie the Eagle. I went off piste, not planned. And I flew through the air and my eldest son who was following behind thought I'd actually gone right over the prefaces, prefaces of the mountain. But wonderfully, I landed in about a two to three meter snowdrift. And as you can see, I, I survived. You know, the disciples were a bit like me. They were probably the most and best prepared group of men and women. They had been discipled and trained and apprenticed by Jesus. In fact, Jesus had chosen them by name. And they'd been with Jesus. Some of them had lived with Jesus. He had taught them. He had shaped them. He had loved them. They'd been on mission and done the stuff already whilst Jesus wasn't with them. And really importantly, they had seen and been with Jesus since he was raised from the dead. And I can't talk about it this morning, but that is so important for us 
Jesus is raised from the dead. Surely they were ready to go. And though their time with Jesus over those three years had been utterly essential, interestingly, Luke records on two occasions, Jesus said to them, no, wait, wait. And in fact, in the Acts report, Luke writes that Jesus commanded them to wait. He commanded them to wait. Don't just go. You have got to wait. Why? Why? was he commanding them to wait? Well, it was because they needed the power and the presence of Jesus by being baptized in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit to accomplish the mission that he had set out. You know, Jesus has been very clear on this. In fact, in John 15 at the Last Supper, he said to them, without me, you can do nothing. And actually, one day in the context of mission, in the context actually concerning rich people getting saved. He said, this is impossible with man. But with God, all things are possible. And again, at the Last Supper in John 14, John records this. He says, Jesus said, I will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth. In fact, that Greek word for helper there is a word that is parakletos. It is the one called alongside to help. Just like that ski instructor. I skied, but he was there. I was following him. I was listening to his voice. He knew the way down the mountain. Without him, it was not a joyful experience. It was actually quite a painful experience. You see, everything God does is relational when it's concerning us. He doesn't simply teach us some techniques. He doesn't teach some method or give us some kind of program. And I think in our foolishness, we've put far too much reliance on those things, even though they can be helpful. He doesn't just wind us up like some clockwork toy and then give us that big speech, you know, like the general before a big war, send them out. He doesn't do that because he knows that that would not work. But what he knows is this and what he's promised is he comes with us and he empowers us with himself. You know, next week I'm going to be specifically talking on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I just want to be clear about something this morning. From John 14, we see that the Holy Spirit is not some impersonal force or power. It's not a thing and it. He is a person. He is God. So to be baptized with the Holy Spirit is to be clothed or filled permeated with the person of the Holy Spirit, the power for witness by being baptized in the Holy Spirit is from the Holy Spirit living within us. It's about us being saturated and permeated with him. You see, the Holy Spirit is like the petrol and the sat nav in our cars. You see, you can have all the right parts for a car. 
I'm not very much good as, as a mechanic. Uh, in fact, I'm very poor as a mechanic. Uh, I know where the petrol goes and I know where the water in the washer goes. And to be honest, sometimes I even get where the boot switch and the petrol cap switch is in my car. I drive it, but I don't know anything about how they work. So you can have all the wheels. You can have a brilliant engine. You can have a lovely chassis, a, a fantastic interior. But without the petrol, you don't go anywhere. Well, in fact, you could get out and push the car and make it go somewhere. But you know, that's very hard work. It doesn't really achieve very much apart from you get worn out and sweaty and disheartened. There's no joy in that experience. The joy comes when you have petrol in the car and the sat-nav's telling you where to go and you go, and you go. You know, self-effort or just blind duty, relying on a methodology, some dutiful act of evangelism is not what God has called us to. It's relational. It's a response to love. It is our act of devotion to him. It's the way God intends us to disciple the nations. Ben read to us uh, this morning, uh, just in a pre-meeting, the scripture where it says, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy and evangelism don't often go together. Joy and witnessing don't often go together. But actually, that is what it is to be. So this morning, what is the big takeaway? What is the big takeaway? The big takeaway is this. It's about how we accomplish the mission Jesus gave us. And this is the takeaway. We need the presence of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. So as I bring this to a close, I, I just want to say something that I felt prompted to just now. Listen, if you're a child, if you are a teenager, I want to say to you right now, there is no adult faith. There's no adult Holy Spirit. If you love Jesus, you're included in this, in what I'm speaking of. You too can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You too can know the power of God. Some of you, particularly in your teens, you, 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 you are facing real challenges at school, things that I never, ever had to face. Being a person of faith, being a person of truth in a school setting is very tough, very, very hard, particularly when there are considered no absolutes to truth at this time. But you can know the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'd love you to listen and listen next week as well, because I believe God wants to meet with our children and our teenagers as much as he wants to meet with every single one of us. So first, we want to start off with a challenge, a loving challenge. I want to speak to anyone here who is baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to challenge you. Has that become an event on a calendar some time ago in your history? Or has it become your lifestyle 
the way that you do life is from daily being filled with the Holy Spirit. I wonder, actually, whether we have lost the primacy that Jesus gives us in terms of the Holy Spirit being baptized, the Holy Spirit for power to be his witness. I wonder if we've lost that. I wonder if we have firstly internalized it for ourselves, because actually, baptism of the Holy Spirit is a wonderful thing. It's wonderful in our relationship with Jesus. It's wonderful in all sorts of aspects of our life. I wonder if we've internalized it. I wonder if we've just internalized it perhaps just for the church, the gift of prophecy, words of knowledge. I wonder if there's a challenge for us, if we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, to think about activating the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the context of our witness. You know, my experience has been that I often want the activation before I go, but my experience is it's in the going, Holy Spirit is activated. And yes, in the workplace, signs and wonders follow. I just tell you just one, I had a, an administrator, her name was Jane, she came into my office one day, sat down and just burst into tears. And I said, Jane, what is the matter? She said, I had stomach cancer five years ago. And I've just been told it's come back. And so I just talked to her as her boss. And then I said to her, Jane, you know, I do believe in Jesus. And she knew that uh, that was well known. So I said, would you let me pray for you? So there and then just very simply in the office, laid hands on Jane and God healed her. Two weeks later, she was clear of that cancer, but something else had happened. Jane was a lady who was really didn't achieve very much. She was quite a sad lady in her mid forties. From that day, she was radically transformed. She actually left uh, working for me and got promoted on to another job and became very successful as a lady. You see, we activate in the Holy Spirit as we go. And, and then I just want to challenge us with that. But I also want to give an invite. It may be that you aren't sure about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It may be that you know that you actually aren't baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, in Luke 11, Jesus was talking about the good gifts that Father gives us. And he says this in verse 13, he says, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? And I just wanna lay this out this morning. Perhaps this week, it would be good to spend time with Jesus. And just praying and asking the Father, Father, would you send the Holy Spirit to me? Would you baptize me in the Holy Spirit? Get thirsty, get hungry. Do not settle for less than what Jesus said. There's an exciting adventure for all of us. Exciting adventure to be witnesses for Jesus, to see the kingdom come in our time, in our generation and and next week I, I will speak more about 
what it is to be baptized and how to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But you don't need me to do that. You can just ask the Father. You know, the best you and I can be for our families, for our colleagues, our friends at school, our, our, our acquaintances, the best we can be for our town and our district for Yorkshire is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, a fully baptized you and a fully baptized me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your command to go into all the world, to be your witnesses, to, to preach the good news about Jesus. Jesus, it's a massive thing you've asked us to do, but we wanna say right now, I thank you that you're coming with us. And I thank you that you have not only taught us and shaped us, but you have equipped us with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can do this with joy and not with fear. Would you please come right now? Jesus, would you send the Holy Spirit again as we go into our breakout groups and people pray for one another? Would you send him again? Father, would you send the Holy Spirit on us as a community? that Holy Spirit, you in us would glorify the Father. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.